today's episode will give you a lot of insight into new ways to make money on social media. We're going to talk about user-generated content with Creatively Maddie, a UGC creator herself. You'll learn about what it takes to be a UGC creator, how that is different from being an influencer, how to prepare your portfolio for best results, and the various possibilities when you become a UGC creator. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Today, we are going to interview a special guest, Maddie, who is an expert in user-generated content. So we all know that UGC is all the rage lately and everyone wants to know how they can get into it. So I'm really happy to say that we got Maddie on the podcast to share with us her experience and also her learnings from being a UGC creator. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk about this because it's been something that has just taken my life by storm and wow interesting new thing that's kind of coming out and there's a lot of hype around it so excited to be I'm super excited to hear how you got into this actually can we start with basically a self-introduction maybe two three sentences of what you do and where you create your content and what you've done so far yeah so basically a little bit of background is um when I found UGC I was scrolling on TikTok and um couple of girls were talking about it and I was like wow this seems really cool so I started a Twitter account and I made my website worked on my portfolio it just kind of like escalated from there and then me and my husband quickly became full-time content creators I quit school he quit his job to like help me do it and it's been crazy but I started seven months ago and that's what brought me here so wow That's amazing. Actually, one of the things that really is amazing about UGC is that it's, it doesn't take a lot of time to get started and start making money from it and seeing results from it. I guess, can we backtrack and uh, talk about like how you got started that seven months ago? What, what made you start and take the leap? Yeah. So, um, when I was on TikTok and I was finding everyone else who was doing it, there was only like a handful of Um, women who were doing it at the time. Um, So I had thought about being a social media manager and I um, thought that was what I was going to do. But then I noticed that at the actual content creation, especially video was like so important. Like as long as brands are existing, they're needing content. So so they recommended to actually start Twitter, like get on Twitter. And I was like, what? Twitter? That's so you know outdated. Yeah. Turns out it wasn't because I got on there and I quickly jumped into a small group of other creators um, who had kind of just started. If they started before me, it was only about a month. So there yeah. was only like five to seven of us on there. So we became a tight-knit community and then basically – what I did to start was number one, like I had to learn what good UGC looked like. So I took some time to study that and um, find out how to create content that converts. I had run also like a couple of my own businesses before that if I didn't create content then I wouldn't make any money. So I had a little bit of experience there, but not much. So after I joined Twitter, 
I started making videos for my portfolio. So I picked like four to seven different niches and then grabbed products from around my house in those niches to create videos with for my portfolio that would basically tell, like show brands, this is what I can do for you. It may not be, you know, your product in the video that you're seeing, but it can be. So in the portfolio, I would, I would say was probably the most influential part of like how I was able to start getting brand deals. And this is before you even got a paid deal. You made the portfolio and the examples first. Yes. So those Mm -hmm. came first. um, And then once I had like the four to seven, I put them on a website, which also had my pricing and everything. But before that, I got a couple gifted um, or like low budget collabs before I even made my website. So just through networking. So Mm -hmm. I basically used Twitter as like a networking tool I basically posted my work often and was like, Hey, I just started in this space. I'm super excited. Interacted with people in the e-commerce and direct to consumer space. Yeah. I just kind of started getting interest. And one of my tweets ended up blowing up about me getting my first client within two weeks of starting on Twitter. And that went like crazy and then brought so many brands into my DMs. And I still work with some of those clients to this day. Wow, I see. I guess for the people who don't really understand like the difference between UGC versus regular content creation or traditional content creation, can you explain a little bit what makes UGC special? Yes, of course. So I guess I'll use influencer to compare it with. Um, So the main difference between influencers and UGC creators are like backtrack to why brands need content to promote their brand and they're trying to make money. Kind of what used to happen is they would reach out to influencers and the influencers would make a video with their product and they would post the content to their own page to reach their specific niche audience. The brand was not only paying them for the video, they were paying them for their influence and their reach that they had on a specific niche targeted audience. Um, Yeah. And UGC creators come in when brands just need good content. So they don't need influence. They just need content, whether that be for their ads or for their organic socials. Um, Sometimes brands just don't need to pay for influence because influence is expensive. Influencers make more than UGC creators most of the time because what they have is so much different than what we have. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you are starting, is there a minimum requirement? You don't need any followers to start, right? Correct. Because it doesn't matter how many followers you have. It certainly can help if you've like had accounts before. You can use that Mm -hmm. as like, hey, I know how to grow an account. And you can use that as negotiation leverage. Um, But no, you really don't need to. The basic, like like if I was going to recommend anyone to start this the first step would be to learn what good UGC looks like. Take time yeah. to like really learn because at the end of the day, brands are paying you to create content that will give them in the return on their investment. Yes, um, yes. So if it's not returning, if it's just a cute aesthetic video that doesn't convert people, they're probably not going to return to you. So yeah. I think that's a big trap that some creators get stuck in is if they think that, oh, I can edit like a really cute vlog video and I'm a really good like filmer and editor, I can make a video look pretty, but I can't, they can't come up with a converting concept that will actually sell the product. Yes. Yes. Maybe can you describe what like a typical UGC video might look like when they're scrolling on for you page or on Instagram reels? Mm -hmm. 
So the paid UGC is a different animal than the organic. So um, if I were to be creating a paid ad, you know, it's very, it's more direct than organic because the goal of mm. organic content is just to be posted to their socials to cultivate like a community around the brand. Um, yes. While paid is like we are selling things as our first priority. It is a priority with organic, but not as much. When you're making a paid ad, you know, the first step is always a good hook um, visually and contextually. So like, for example, one hook that's been super popular for my videos is what I ordered versus what I got. And I'll start with like a green screen effect of me in front of the product on the website and like an eye-catching transition. So after the hook, you know, you need to capture that attention. And then once you do that, you have to keep it. Usually I begin with kind of identifying what the user's problem might be and then going into how this product will solve the problem or service. Mm -hmm. So basically it's like it catches their attention and it's like, like I did um, a video for some under cabinet lighting and I was like, basically my, the lighting in my house sucked before I had these. Like it was always in the dark. Um, I never got light where I needed it to be. And then I got these and then combined with the visuals, it just like carried it away. So after um, I go into like how this product can solve their problem, I talk about like what it has done for me. And then of course, ending with a strong call to action, which would be, yeah. you know, grab yours as soon as possible, or you need this in your life. Um, organic okay. content is a little different because, you know, you're incorporating trends, you're incorporating comment responses, so many moving parts. It can look so different. Yeah. I do feel like there's a important distinction there, right? The organic usage tends to also be a little bit less like really fast paced or just compact. Whereas with ads, every second counts. And when people scroll by, they are going to scroll by really quickly, especially yeah. if they see that there's a little sponsored um, note down there. And so if it doesn't have a good hook right away, then unfortunately, people will be less likely to watch the rest of it, no matter how natural and organic looking it looks, right? Yes, for sure. And, you know, the same goes with ads as organic, but you just Sometimes, you know, just never know what's going to perform. Of course, there's yeah, a strategy that certainly helps and good videos do perform better than not optimized videos. But hopefully the brand will be smart enough to know that they need lots of organic content to test. And they need to do like lots of ads. Yeah. So the ad type that I just talked about is just one of the many ways you can create an ad. Yeah, so. totally. When you started, you mentioned that you picked uh, four niches for your portfolio. Do you mean like uh, the type of products that you're going to showcase for your portfolio? Yes. So how did you decide on, on that? And is there like a certain type of product or niche that has a lot of demand? Basically, I picked niches that I already loved. So I think mm -hmm. that we're as we're seeing this giant influx of creators, the only thing that's going to set us apart other than our skills is our interests and our yes. personalities and niches. So um, in the beginning, I chose the products I chose kind of fit into my lifestyle already. So I had some micellar water, which I used to take off my makeup. Um, it's great because it didn't burn my eyes. And then I had a mocha pot, which was basically a pot you put on the stovetop and it brews fresh espresso for you. And then another one was a milk frother. So those two videos that I made with that coffee related focus ended up getting me 
a couple of coffee brands ah, as yeah. clients. So the more you can branch out, the better to like show brands what you can do. But yeah, I would say like when it comes down to choosing your niches, make sure it fits into your lifestyle because UGC is also about being genuine. You know, you're a user trying to portray how you're using the product and everything. So if it fits in with what you're already doing, that's a plus. But also brands are still going to come like niching down doesn't limit you as much as you'd think it would mm-hmm. because like I had my portfolio I had you know, fashion, makeup, coffee, you know, a couple other ones. And then this random brand came and they were like, we have a natural mosquito repellent spray that we want you to create for like that you could spray yeah. all over your backyard. So yeah. you never know. So Yeah. Well, I guess because you don't have to post it to your audience. And so therefore it doesn't matter what niche, as long as you can represent that brand well and create the type of content they want, the content that converts, then ultimately that is key. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, I know a couple of creators who even take review, like real customer reviews and kind of be the personification of that review and talk as if they were them, which works too, so... That's actually really interesting. I didn't think about it in that way, but actually UGC allows you to monetize across different niches. Whereas if you had an online personal brand, like you're an influencer, you are kind of not like limited, but you should stick within like a broader category of what you do. And you don't have that limitation with UGC. So that's actually a really great point. Yeah, I would agree. I never thought about that either, but you're totally right. Sick and tired of posting reels that you spent hours creating just to see it flop? Need a tried and true formula so that you can finally get your first 10k, 100k, or even 1 million view reel? If this sounds like you, then you need to join the Reels Rocketship program. In this program, we teach you everything you need to know about going viral and growing with reels. From how the algorithm works to how to convert those views into follows, we cover it all. Head to reelsrocketship.com or simply click the link in our show notes to join today and skyrocket your follower growth with Reels. So then if uh, people want to start getting into it, other than obviously getting better at video, having good lighting, I think these are maybe basics of video creation. Is, is there other ways that they can improve at how they can create user-generated content? Yeah, of course. Um, one of the biggest resources that I use and I recommend any new creator uses is the TikTok Creative Center. If you oh, go to okay. TikTok's Creative Center and click on their ad inspiration, it's just a giant bank of real-time mm. results of the best-performing ads, specifically, on the app yeah. right now. Um, and you can sort them by category. So if someone would like to create... UGC for makeup brands. They can go to cosmetics and they can choose makeup or hair care and it'll bring up the top ads for that niche. They can look at it's like, okay, what hooks are these people using? What footage is in the background when they say things at certain times and what calls to action are they using? And um, just to be like, sometimes I go there if I'm just hitting a creative block, like I, I can't think of a hook for this niche. So I go and see what's already doing well and just kind of use that as inspiration. That is super smart. Same with organic. Yeah. Like you can just look up what's performing on organic well by going to TikTok and you can filter, like put in a couple keywords and say, okay, you can say most liked this month and that brings up the Mm -hmm. most popular. Yeah, that's a great tip. And so then if people want to 
put these things into their portfolio, what is the rough outline? I would imagine it looks similar to like an influencer media kit. So it's like your digital resume, but is there something that's uh, that's a bit more different? Maybe it's the stats, like we don't you don't have to share any of your personal page stats, but you have to share maybe some stats of how you have converted for other brands that you have worked with? Yeah, so that's an interesting topic. It's actually changing right now in the UGC community. Oh. Um, so it's interesting you bring that up because in the beginning, everyone either used, I use Wix.com, like an actual website builder to build my website. Yes. Um, a lot of creators use Canva, probably the majority yeah. of them, um, which has seemed to be working great. But a lot of creators haven't been putting the right information in the right spots. So there's kind of a big shift now that brands are understanding what UGC is and how much they need it. They don't need a giant blurb on your website about what UGC yeah. is. So that's right. the first thing that brands are seeing on all these portfolios. They're just scrolling right by just to get to the videos. So right, right. Um, as far as like website templates and such, no matter what website builder you use, um, be sure to have the homepage be your face or some content you've already created, a little introduction, maybe like no more than a paragraph about yourself. What you're interested in will also um, influence how brands perceive you um, yeah. and be like, oh, wow, this person as a person would be a great fit for our brand as a brand naturally. So just be personal, but also, yes, if you have any video analytics, like whether it be from your own personal accounts or work you've already done, that's a wonderful thing to put right up front and center um, right. because of course they're paying you for results. And if you can show them results, then it's a game changer. So if you have a scroll down Canva website, you know, start with picture of your face or a little paragraph about yourself and then just jump right into your portfolio content. When agencies are looking for creators, all they want to see are videos quickly. That is a great point because I have looked at a lot of UGC portfolios recently to do a lot more research into this. And I would say nine out of 10 of them do have that blurb right after their name. It is like, what is UGC and why can you, how can you benefit from UGC? And it's all the same thing, just like put in different templates. And while I think that is smart, if you are pitching to, let's say, small direct to consumer e-commerce brands or small brands that maybe don't really know the term yet, they don't know the power of UGC yet, this may be helpful to include. But for most people who are actually already looking for UGC creators, which is where you would find the most opportunities, you yeah. actually don't need to include that because it's just another opportunity for them to close or, or just not really pay attention or take longer for them to get to the point. Yes, more friction. And I even have to update my website still because I still have my my blurb on UGC up there. So my website's yeah. in the works to get rid of that. Yeah. Too. But I mean, a little bit of sound, just don't go overboard. And, yes. and also like um, for the rest of the website, I always highly recommend people put their prices out there, just front and center. Mm. You'd be so surprised how many brands will just click away from a creator's profile if they don't see rates. They'll just move on to the next mm. creator. And mm. I see, I see. It's not worth their time. But yeah, yeah, reducing as much friction as possible to get them to fill out that form on your website, to get them to keep going with you 
um, is super important. So yeah, that's a super interesting point because uh, for me personally, and at least inside the full time influencer course, I for influencers specifically, I always recommend them not to put a price point on their like not to give out like a rate card. But there's a specific reason for that because I think when brands approach influencers, kind of like what you said before, they in part it's content creation, but like the larger part is really they want to access your targeted audience, the, the trust that you. Have with them, and so that value can be very different to yeah. every company. Whereas I think with UGC, it's a lot more, a, a little bit more straightforward, and having your rates there can really communicate quickly、uh, whether you would be a good fit for this brand, right? So that's right. why it's much more important to have it there compared to you know like an influencer media kit.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, one hundred percent. So then,、um, are there any common mistakes that you are seeing that creators are making with their either portfolio or maybe the way they are approaching brands with UGC content creation? Yes, I would definitely say there's a couple. So if anyone is listening to this and doesn't want to make this, these mistakes,、um, I've got you. So probably the biggest mistake I see people making is when they're creating their portfolios.、Um, Because what they will do is take TikToks they've already made that are organic, just like oh here's a TikTok I made for my personal page and put it on there, or like here's a little vlog、um, that doesn't talk about a product at all. It's just oh like people are demonstrating just like hey I can make a video, not necessarily、right. hey I can make a video that will make you money. So yes, pulling these random trends. Also, it's really. Um, it gets really sticky when you try to lump your organic and paid examples together. That's why I have a separate page for organic and paid on my website because if someone's looking for ads and sees an organic TikTok on your portfolio, they're gonna think this is a terrible ad. I'm gonna move、mm-hmm. on. Vice versa, if someone's looking for organic content and sees nothing but paid ads, they're gonna think, well, this person probably doesn't know how to create organic content that isn't salesy, like an ad or something. So. Having that differentiation, or either focusing on one or the other, is probably a great idea.、Mm. The other mistake backs up, like kind of before that, is people are not putting enough effort into learning the craft before they start. They're seeing this giant hype around UGC. They're joining、yeah. Twitter, and they're put into a pool of creators who talk nothing but, "Oh my gosh, I just got my first client. I've only been on Twitter for two days. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. I got seven thousand dollars worth of deals this month." And I started two months ago. They're seeing that, and they're comparing themselves to that when everyone's journey is so different. Right. Yes. It, it's like creators. I saw a girl on Twitter the other day. She tweeted, "Ah,、oh, is anyone else feeling so defeated already? I just started two days ago, and I just feel so defeated." I'm like, "Sister, you started a business two days ago." Yeah. Yeah. Most business owners don't see a return on their. Investment until years down the road. So the fact、yes. that someone could even be interested in your work the first month that you started a freelance content creation business is insane. Yes,、so、yes. The whole industry is still in its baby stages, and for people who just want to get in, have patience. We are in the baby stages, so if you want to do UGC, you have to jump in. You should jump、yeah. in now.、But、don't freak out about getting clients right off the bat when you don't even know what you're doing yet. So. 
is taking the time to learn. You also never know what other experience that person has had before they started to do UGC. Maybe they were a social media manager. Maybe mm -hmm. they were just like a videographer or anything like that, or just a, at least a creative or designer. Like you never know what other experiences they've been through. So even if they said like my UGC journey has been like this. You don't need to like compare right. yourself to that immediately. And it's more important to, like you said, work on your craft. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I've just been seeing a lot of people get so disappointed. Um, it's like, okay, just take your time, yeah. learn. I did want to ask you, like, how do we get into, like, where do you find the opportunities? But I know that you have like a, like this huge guide just about user-generated content. And I want to mention that in a little bit. But I guess before we get there, can I just ask, like, what kind of opportunities are there out there? I guess, can, can we paint a picture of what they can expect once they have built their craft and they are actively pitching to brands? What are maybe what are the monthly packages? What do they look like? And how many can you realistically take on as a UGC creator? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, UGC is so more, so much more broad than people think it is. Some people, like, I'll just use myself as, as an example, like kind of a scope of the work that I do. I have one client who is probably my biggest monthly retainer. It's this coffee brand on TikTok, and I make a TikTok for them organic every day for their page. So brands need someone to just run their organic TikTok page, yeah. um, which is a huge industry in its own. So I do that. And then I have my one-off clients um, who just pop in and they want a couple of ads to test out. They're just getting on TikTok and they just need like a handful of ads to test or on Facebook or Instagram. So I'm like, okay, let's work together. If they do well, they'll come back. They usually do come back. Um, and then I kind of get them on a retainer for ads. So one girl I have, I do two videos for her a month on a monthly retainer and another one I do 12. Yeah. Um, wow. Another type of work that I'm doing also is video editing. So I take mm -hmm. footage from influencers and other UGC creators and edit it yeah. into videos using my concepts. That's a pretty big chunk of my income. And then I also have done just concepts for people. So if someone, if a brand is needing just a, a creative mind behind the strategy of their content, they'll use my concepts and give them to creators to actually execute. Mm. Something I've started recently that is really new and I'm excited about it is starting a new account, organic on TikTok, and putting an affiliate link in the bio, making as many videos as possible um, on a smaller monthly retainer, but then I'm also earning a percentage of the revenue that my content is generating. Wow, that's super interesting. Which is really fun because it opened the door for me to make so much more than I would if I just made yeah. videos for. Yeah. But I would say when I hit my $10,000 month for the first time, it was insane for me. I was drowning yeah. in work. So it was super excited, exciting. So I got through it, but I would say like a healthy workload for me has been like three consistent three to four consistent monthly clients on those bigger retainers and just like yeah. a couple one-offs um yeah it's been really manageable for me so it's interesting because in the beginning of your ugc journey you'll probably find that you're getting nothing but just like hey i want one video i want three videos i want one video and yeah. then you'll be like kind of overworked with all these different clients and then you'll begin to say like okay 
they're like a few people are keep coming back. So let's make these monthly retainers. And then you're just working with like a handful of the same people. You get to improve their brand with them and just kind of like really consolidate and then just stop taking more clients. And it's really peaceful. <laughs> yeah. So there's really a lot of opportunity here. Like once you master creating that type of content, it can go beyond just the video itself. It can be mm-hmm. management. It could be partial revenue collecting and in the future, this will go even further. Let's say if you do build an influence, then this is skills that you can transfer to, you know, when you are an influencer mm-hmm. and working with brands, or even if you start your own e-commerce brand, these are great skills to have because you're going to be able to naturally sell your products extremely well. So yes. that, that's a huge plus. So if people want to learn more about UGC, Where can they find more information from you? And what do you cover inside your UGC guide? Yeah, of course. Um, I'll start by saying I have like a lot of great TikTok tips that I put out. Try to keep that up as much as possible just to, you know, share more about UGC, spread the word about it coming out and um, document my process and my journey and everything. So you can definitely find a lot of information there. Um, My UGC guide it's funny because when I first released it, it was 58 pages. Um, a few wow. months ago, and so much changed. And yeah. I even I learned so much more. And um, some things in the UGC world just changed and improved and got better. And then now it's 85 pages, and I just released that new version I think a couple days ago. Basically, I just I wrote it with just a beginner in mind, like someone who wants to start this. Like they've always kind of wanted to be a content creator, influencer thing didn't work out for them or they don't want to do it. And they just want to start making money, making content for brands as soon as possible um, in the most easiest way. So basically in the guide, I go from A to Z, step-by-step, how to create content that does convert, that looks good from filming to editing voiceovers to um, all that kinds of different stuff from paid to organic. Um, And then it goes into how to price your work depending on your experience and yeah. you know, all these other things, how to like a little more in depth on how to create your website, um, written agreements. And then I also have a lot of dialogue in there about how to find brands to pitch to, how to yeah. put yourself out there to optimize for inbounds, just how to get your first client in general. And I want, and I wrote it so that people could succeed and read it from start to finish and know, everything they need to know in one spot, how to do it. Yeah. Wow. You have been so open with us and shared so much. And there's only so much that we can cover in a podcast episode. So if anyone listening is interested, I would really recommend you go check out Maddie's guide. Um, I think you offered us a very, very generous discount code, right? It's FTIUGC30. Yes. FTIUGC30. So 30% off. Just for anyone who's listening who wants to start. Thank you so much for sharing that generous offer because I know people are very interested in this, but there's just not a lot of collected information that is from the person who has been doing it for months and has seen it change over time. So that's why I really wanted to get you on the podcast to share about this. And I think this is also a huge learning opportunity for any creator, no matter what direction you want to go in 
online, whether that's like your personal brand as an influencer or just full-time as a UGC creator, or even like you said, like become a social media manager, like you manage some TikTok accounts. These are all great opportunities and this is a fantastic starting point. Yes, so definitely check that out. I will link it in the show notes as well, plus the code so that you can copy that and check out her guide. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and for sharing all of your expertise and knowledge. And I'm sure this whole industry will continue to change and probably at a pretty fast pace. So Mm -hmm. definitely also go check out Maddie's TikTok page to stay up to date with these changes that, that keeps happening. Thank you, Maddie, again for coming on. It was a pleasure speaking with you about everything that you have learned on UGC. Thank you for having me. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.